Good morning everyone, Sash here from Inspire. I'm sitting down with uh, Sally Bauman, um, dietetics extraordinaire. Nutrition at Inspire. Um, we are currently thawing out in the alleyway after a freezing cold and foggy morning in Brisbane. Um, it's awesome to have Sally down because, well, I guess dietetics is a big part of what we do at Inspire and we haven't as of yet featured it heavily in our, in our talk. So I'm gonna be going through some stuff with Sal. First order of business, Sally, is uh, what is the average week look like with Miss Bellman? Oh, average week for me. It's pretty chaotic. Sorry, we've got Zach Little and throwing chat at me through the, just telling me to throw chat about kale. Um, yes, there is some chats about kale. Actually, Zach, thanks. Um, uh, average week for me is pretty full on. Uh, I think. At a cursory glance this morning, I have 56 um, sessions booked in for the week. So, I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, a, a big, a big part of what I do is still individual consults, uh, but we'll also be doing uh, development. So, running the the dietitian development, and we're integrating them into the sports department this week, which is pretty exciting. So, um, in addition to that, it's going to be meal plans, emails, recipe development, social media. I don't know, I just kind of fill my day as best as I can. <laughs> <laughs> if there's white space, I'll fill it. It uh, must be tough when you're running 56 sessions a day because there's so much attending paperwork and like you know stuff outside of that Whoa, sorry a week what? a week sorry um <laughs> when there's so much I'm good, I'm <laughs> you could do it Sal. when there's so much attending paperwork outside of it because you spend what eight or nine hours a day just running the actual sessions that like yeah i think like the beauty of some of the stuff that i can do with you know how dietetics is structured is i can write notes during the session but a lot of the work that i do for my clients is some of the stuff that falls outside of that which you know can even be calling and emailing or texting them in between their sessions because so much of the the application of what we do is outside of session time yeah so it does kind of rack up that constant communication uh, with your clients because that's really what gets them the best results at the end of the day anyway. And uh, just going off what you said there about most of what you do is sort of being outside of your actual session time. If we look at it, you know, I guess when you've been integrating a lot more with the sports unit, if we look at it, you know, if you're an athlete coming in, how much of a role does dietetics actually play in sort of sports performance or for elite athletes? Because given to understand it plays a very big role, but is it kind of hard when a lot of that stuff is, you know, you want to come in and train with a sports scientist or whatever, and you do you do a couple of lifts and whatever. And there's a very clear link between what you're actually doing. Um, mm. Whereas I think it's a bit more subtle Absolutely. with the dietetic stuff. Can you just talk to me a bit about that? Um, so it's like the, the role of nutrition in sports performance is huge. Uh, I think sometimes it does get undervalued. I mean, for me, like my, my analogy is always good nutrition is free speed, which I borrowed from a mentor of mine way long ago. So thanks, Peter, because I still use that to this very day. Um, because if you're eating well, it means you can lift heavier, you can recover faster, you can push harder, you can kind of have more energy throughout the day. Um, but you're right, like all of that sort of stuff falls outside of the, the training session that an athlete might be doing. So the, the link is not as clear. Um, and it's really these kind of marginal gains that can be seen by implementing good nutrition again and again and again, whether that's just from a performance kind of aspect or if that's a body composition shift, which are a lot slower 
um, to be felt when we're changing food around. So the fact that, you know, in our session is so much talk as well. Um, you, it's really about framing your client up to be able to execute what you're asking them to do multiple times a day across a week. And so that's where the, the beauty and the, the challenge lies is getting someone to make these nutrition decisions consistently that are in line with what's best for them. And what sort of tips do you have, or I guess tricks do you use? Because I'm thinking if I came and saw you and walk out with a really, and I have seen you in the past and made some awesome changes. Um, if you haven't seen me, I look amazing because of Sal. <laughs> Just joking. <laughs> Just joking. But if you, you know, walk out of a consult with you fired up and a good plan, you're feeling good, but it gets to the end of a 90 hour work week and all you want to do is bury yourself in a pack of Tim Tams. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you kind of manage? <laughs> Have you got any tips or ideas for how you, how you actually manage that stuff? Yeah, how we manage that. Yeah. I guess that's the thing. Like you have to eat. You just don't have to eat well. Um, a lot of the things that we work on with our clients, to be honest, there's way too much importance that's put in a meal plan. They're like, how many calories do I need to have? Or, you know, give me my script. But I think the actual quality that we can impart with our clients is helping them to mentally reframe and adjust and have strategies to be able to overcome when, you know, stuff like that hits the fan and you you're just so busy and so stressed out that the last thing that you want to do is go out of your way to the shops buy good quality like fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and then spend 20 to 30 minutes making a dinner like that's brain power that you have to use that's time that could be spent doing other things and so we just use the easy defaults so for me, I'm always trying to go, look, we have a gold standard that we're trying to reference, which is this plan, but the whole time, I'm just trying to build the skills, the resilience, the knowledge to be able to make nutrition adaptable for my clients, both from a, like, in that moment standpoint, but also so that they're in the mental headspace to be able to make those decisions yeah. routinely, I suppose. Okay, very good. Um, and I've got a couple more questions, but before we sort of move on to a slightly different topic, any other, I mean, it's all kale and avocado. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's all I recommend. There do, any- according to the boys here, that's, that's all we talk about is kale and avocado. Have you got any, um, I guess, any other sort of dietetic stereotypes or nutrition stereotypes that, you know, you want to dispel or have a quick talk about now before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I think, like... For dietitians, they're not the the first and obvious choice for a lot of people when they're thinking, oh, I need to change my nutrition. And to be honest, I think that's because the the model that we have been taught up until now, and I didn't even know what a dietitian did when I first started my degree, but definitely know what what niche I occupy now. And all the way through my studies, it was always medical models. Like, how do we get someone with diabetes to be better or someone with renal disease to get, you know, to improve their condition? And not really about how we take a healthy population and take them to their best version of their their health through nutrition. Um, And because of that, I think there's been too much of an emphasis on medical nutrition therapy and not enough in the counseling components 
that we use in private practice because I really see the future of dietetics being in private practice and health and wellness. Well, we just don't have a strong enough voice in that sphere yet. Um, I mean, I do it with sports nutrition, but it's one of the things that I would love to see moving forward is dietitians being recognized as leaders in nutrition across all fields and facets. I don't think there's enough of that yet. Okay. <coughs> um, and so I guess tying in with that, so that's sort of being your vision for, for the industry. Um, you know, and you've got a pretty good team of, of people here at Inspire around you, both in dietetics and, and outside of it in other departments. What are, I guess, what's your sort of your, your vision or your plan of action going forward for, I guess, helping inspire, occupy or create reality around that, that vision that you've got? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the biggest wins can happen when you have multiple different disciplines recognizing the merits of what each other does and tying in holistically to benefit the, the people that we're working with. The stronger we are as an allied health team, the better we're going to be able to improve anybody's health. So for me, it's about kind of pulling a team together, not just from a dietetics perspective, but also from a like, exercise science perspective. Because most of the clients that the EPs or the sports scientists have will inevitably ask them about nutrition. And the more that they can kind of understand the dialogue that goes along with that and understand what it is that we do and how we help them and how we link in and um, aid each other in kind of putting that client in a better spot than when we met them can only help uh, and kind of use this allied health model to really give nutrition a, a bigger voice because um, you'll have multiple people being able to check up on your clients, especially if we're all linked in. Yeah. Um, so I know I ask my clients about how their training's going and I would love more of that sort of stuff to become reciprocal. More eyes um, on someone or many hands make light work, you know, that yeah. sort of mentality. If you've got a boulder that you're pushing up a hill, might as well have as many hands behind it as you can. Uh, so really for me, it's about kind of how do we tie in these allied health disciplines together um, and create a space where nutrition becomes more important because we're getting supported from others as well as banging on our own drum as loudly as we possibly yeah. can. <laughs> so. Okay, very good. Um, the other thing I want to ask, sort of tying in with that, I guess, is that you know, we, Zach and I have talked a fair bit on a couple of these podcasts about um, how guys coming out of university you know, get these girls and guys coming through into internships who or as first year practitioners who have a degree and know the science but have almost no functional ability to execute it because they just can't talk to people and have totally unrealistic expectations of you know, where they're at in the industry um, and sort of where they need to go and often need to either need, end up doing further study or end up in some sort of very clinical role and not quite happy or not quite seeing I hate it yeah, yeah. Um, is that something that's also mirrored in dietetics, absolutely. do you think? <laughs> absolutely. Take some time to think. Oh, no, I don't, I don't <laughs> need to. Um, I mean, if you want to be a clinical dietitian, there's, you're, you're set up. Uh, meaning if you want to work in hospitals, like the, the way that the dietetics degrees are going, it, 
it sets you up beautifully for that, but it does not set you up beautifully to work in healthy populations, sporting populations, or in private practice. And I think that's what, like, I mean, the unis are, have a hard time of it, I suppose, in the fact that they have so much science that they have to impart in you in a very short period of time, relatively. But there really is no focus. I think I did like maybe one or two units on kind of counseling. And that was done from a psychology perspective, not necessarily, this is how you communicate the value of nutrition, which is a consistent lifestyle change that someone yeah. needs to, to execute every single day and can go beautifully one day and terribly the next. Um, to be able to see someone, to under, not just understand the science that you're trying to impart on them, but actually change their behavior long term. Um, so I don't think we're really necessarily set up to do that very well. Um, our heads are full of science and macros and kale and avocado if you ask these boys yet again. Um, but yeah, I don't think necessarily we're set up to communicate very well to lay population and counsel them through the challenges that happen every single day when it comes to food. Yeah. I remember you said to me, I think it was a week or two ago, when we were talking about some of the stuff you're doing, you said that um, you know, a big part of your practice or your brand, I guess, was being able to lean into the heavy emotionally with your clients, yeah. which is, yeah. Yeah, I think, I mean, when I was a new grad, definitely didn't do that. And I was lost as a new grad coming out. I just started my own clinic, essentially, um, in, in this center that was urban rowing at the time. I, I didn't know what to do, didn't know how to, act as a business owner essentially and still do the science that I've learned and how to monetize that it, for lack of a better way to say it but you need you need clients <laughs> to, to, to be able to to practice the science on and so I mean it was a hard slog and I would be talking purely knowledge I'd be like how do I impart my knowledge on this person thinking that if that was all they needed they'd be set um and it was too much about the the meal plan or the the little switches that they needed to make or those sorts of things i think as i got further and further into my career i started to realize if someone is in a shit headspace they are not going to implement the nutrition knowledge that they've learned so how do i marry like good getting them into a good headspace with also imparting the wisdom of good quality nutrition information um, so that they can not only know what they need to do but have the confidence to be able to execute that again and again because um, nutrition is all about consistency yeah. <laughs> so I think I've come to realize that sometimes I'll I'll talk about everything other than nutrition for 80 90% of my consults because I know that if I get someone in a better headspace they're going to be able to eat better and so if I focus more on that then it gets the client into a better position to be able to get the goals that they're really after um, but it took a while to develop those skills and Inspire has really helped me to do that um, and so if, if we can create those opportunities for other people to be successful, truly successful, which means not only just kind of giving someone the right meal plan, but actually seeing them to their goal, which is far more rewarding anyway, 
Like, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, that's that's one thing that I really want to see happen. Um, and I think Inspire is a fantastic vehicle for anybody who's coming out into the industry, whether it be a dietitian or a sports scientist or a physio, to actually go, how do we create lasting change on the people who trust us with yeah. their goals? So, I mean, something I'm quite passionate about. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We might um we might wrap up this out. That's um that's been an extremely insightful uh, period of commentary from you. Thank you. But we'll wrap up there. Um, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, tune in next week. Yeah. Thanks, Ash. And hey, remember to eat more kale and avocado. <laughs> yeah. See ya.